Welcome to the Get and Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. Meekness is the spirit of the one who is not easily provoked, but keeps under control the natural instinct to assert oneself and retaliate. Aristotle defined meekness as a virtue. Only two men in the Bible are described as meek. The first is Moses, and the second is Jesus. Psychologist Jordan B. Peterson states that the word meek is best defined as those who have swords and know how to use them, but choose to keep them sheathed will inherit the world. He also said the best men are dangerous men. The ancients used to say a good man is someone who has the potential as a man who desires peace, but who should prepare for war. Who decides truth in all this? C.S. Lewis said, even the best of our arguments fall far short of the truths to which they point. The ultimate ground of Christian faith is not our arguments, but God himself. Certainly, Jesus was a dangerous man. There's no denying that. One only has to look at how his life ended, drawing the ire of a hostile government, crucified, rising from the dead, changing the course of all human history and never forgotten. Jesus was not a safe man. He was a dangerous man for those who sought to have the ruling imaginative vision fit neatly into everyone else's lives. The ruling imaginative vision are the accepted common beliefs held by a society in a given period of time. Think Roman, Hellenistic, Greek here. What is ours in America today? Certainly it's not biblical. We watch complacently as the age of Christendom came to an end. Therefore, we have now fallen back to an apostolic age, like that of the first century church. We are on new ground now. Now, don't overthink these words, but no tree can grow to heaven unless its roots reach down to hell. We see in the Apostles' Creed, paraphrased here, Jesus Christ suffered under Pontius Pilate and was crucified died and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven. Jesus sojourned in the realm of the dead prior to his resurrection. He descended there as Savior and preached the good news to the spirits. See First Peter 3 or the Catechism 632. What do you think the devil and all the demons thought when Jesus showed up as the Savior? It's very difficult in this mortal life to understand and you know create that picture vividly. I can grab a better picture of David and his mighty men pursuing the Amalekites after they destroyed Ziklag in the bloody battle that ensued. Or Elijah taking the sword to all the prophets of Baal. Jesus tying the cords of three strands together and ransacking the temple because men used the house of God so cheaply. Or I can envision the outtake from the movie Pool All Junkies where Christopher Walken says, Till one day, That African lion gets up and tears the shit out of everything in its path and runs like the wind. Because every once in a while, the lion has to show the jackals who he is. Lawrence of Arabia was a real man, a dangerous man. In a unique part of history, the world called the Great War, T.E. Lawrence was able to unite the Arab tribes together in their fight against the Ottoman Empire. His life inspired three movies and numerous books, and he once said, All men dream, but not equally. Those who dream by night in the dusty recesses of their minds wake in the day to find that it was vanity. But the dreamers of the day are dangerous men, for they may act on their dreams with open eyes, 
to make them possible. Napoleon Bonaparte, another dangerous man, said, build an army and their leader is a lion. They will all fight as a lion. Saul was a dangerous man also, till he met Jesus and became Paul, who then became an even more dangerous man against the forces of evil by being ultimately good. And he was relentless in sharing the gospel. Like Paul, almost all the apostles were martyred. Why? Because they were dangerous to the ruling imaginative vision, those accepted common beliefs of society. In this apostolic age, may we learn to see as you see, O Lord. People are starving for the love that God brings, Father Scott Trainer said, all the while throwing marbles into this great hole the size of the Grand Canyon that's in their soul, trying to fill it up. As God is sovereign in pursuing us, he enables us to stand up and throw our shoulders back, thus filling that great hole with himself and giving us courage. But what is our level of readiness for the messiness? Because here it is. In reality, if God came first, just read Genesis 1, and we begin with him, our reasoning takes quite a different direction. We don't measure him by our expectations anymore. We measure ourselves by his expectations. Because with a focus on us, moi, the selfie, there are only two possible outcomes. Either you live a life of mortal sin, which turns to misery, or live a life of pure misery itself, following something that you really think is beneath you, because you've made yourself the supreme master. And good luck with that Grand Canyon thing. When I choose to put God first as Lord and King, I become a child of the King with the wardrobe, the armor, and the sword. Will we be dreamers of the day, dangerous men with open eyes, choosing virtue over self? If we remember the ultimate ground of Christian faith is not our arguments, but God himself. Peter stood before the high priest saying, There is no other name under heaven given to men by which it is necessary to be saved. So the purveyors of their ruling imaginative order threatened them saying, Do not speak in this manner ever again anymore. Remember now, these were the people who could get you crucified. But Peter and the apostles, they did not listen nor take heed to the threats of the ruling class. Instead, they rose up, fixed their eyes on Jesus, and ran like the wind, like that African lion in its soul. This is Gittin' Grit signing off. I hope you'll come see us at www.greekquest.com. Catch this podcast on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeart podcasts. Dominus Mobiscum.